0: Welcome to Crime on Caffeine. I'm your host, Erica. And I'm your
1: host, Allison. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Today, we'll be sipping on some different kind of caffeine. It's tea. We got tea. Uh, I found this really, really, really cute tea called Magic Hour. Watch me be like really late to this, and everybody already knows what this is. (laughs) It is so cute. You know me. And Erica, we have very mystical, magical, astrological vibes. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what this is. They come in these little like, almost like apothecary.
0: Apothecary, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're so cool. Except I didn't get that. I just got the pouch. But I did get the goddess green tea because I'm on a big green tea kick. And the ingredients in it just Blew me away. It's obviously green tea, (laughs) lemongrass, apricot, and lychee. And I'm pretty sure it yep, it has antioxidants and it can help lower bad cholesterol and it can help promote cardiovascular health. So
0: that's perfect because I like cholesterol. You have high cholesterol? (laughs) I do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it also helps with oral health and reduces bloating. So... wow,
0: oh, love it. I mix mine with lemonade and it's delicious. Oh. But if someone can let me know what the Starbucks strawberry acai base is so that I can make my, exactly. my drink, I would <laughs> really appreciate it because they're not doing the uh, deal on ice drinks anymore. Oh, no. So like I'm trying to do it at home, guys, and this tea is really good. No, but this tea's good. So highly recommend. I feel like I was a little overwhelmed by the website because there's so many choices. But I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm not like that big of a tea person. So I don't. I didn't really like. If you're a tea person, you'll get it. Like the girls that get it, get it. And I'm I'm not Not one of them. Like I'm (laughs) trying to be one of those girls. I don't know. I feel like there's just so many options. Like I had to just go with green tea because I knew it. But like, I don't know. They have all these collections and they just sound really cute. Yeah, they have really cool stuff. They even have like bubble teas.
1: And they have – like guys, I don't know. I could just go on for hours. I really, really wanted the um, cherry blossom pineapple cream green tea. But I am allergic to cherry, so I didn't want to like try it out. Uh, But it sounded – Wait, I
0: never knew that.
1: Yeah, I am allergic to cherry.
0: That's so sad.
1: It is kind of sad for me, but now that I just, like, don't really remember what they tasted like, I don't feel that sad. You don't like cherries? Well, I don't know what they taste like, so I don't know if I like them Okay, but, like,
0: cherries and artificial cherry flavor are so different.
1: I won't eat artificial
0: cherry flavored things. Can you not? Or do you just not want to? I'm just a
1: hypochondriac. <laughs> no, I feel
0: that. I feel that.
1: Everybody will be like, no, there's not even cherry in it. And I'm like, y'all says cherries. So. <laughs> <laughs> One time I was at a bar and they, like, I always thought cherry things didn't have actual cherry in them, like liquors. And. The guy gave us a shot, it was called something, like a gummy bear, white gummy bear or something. Mm -hmm. And I took it, I was like, ooh, that was good. What was that? And he was like, Oh, it was cherry and this. And I'm like (gasps) just instant panic attack at the bar. (laughs) I ran across the bar. I'm like, Max, Max, I need a water.
0: (laughs) Even though I was already at the bar, Like like if you're having an allergic reaction, oh, oh, water is gonna solve it. (laughs) He's like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I will.
1: (laughs) So it's probably good that I don't drink anymore. (laughs) Same. Yeah.
0: (laughs) The nerve. Rude. Rude. He's knocking on the door because he wants to go outside. Let that man out. Geez. No. He's He's being so – He's being so rude. Thank you guys for downloading. Yeah, we did.
1: <laughs> That's <what I'm> saying. <laughs> we have over 22,000 downloads now, so we are thriving and living. And I feel like we and you are a little bit of a mess today.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I'm a mess. I, I've, You good? I, I don't know. We have 30,000 downloads so that we can... Do this podcast full-time. I'm yeah. literally begging you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind over here, guys.
1: Like, she's losing her mind, and I don't know if it's a pregnancy thing or a me thing, but I can't – I have constant – you know that weird feeling in your chest when you're anxious?
0: Yeah, like
1: you it feel won't like go away
0: bricks on your chest? Yeah, it's not. it's not subsiding, and it's just like yeah. there – The solution Um, to me sounds like unemployment. I'd love that. Fun employment is what we call it in this house. Yes, fun employment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you guys so much for downloading and listening to us freaking rant every week about all of our (laughs) issues. (laughs) We just segue from like, what the hell is wrong with us to what the hell is wrong with somebody else? (laughs) So that's the whole podcast. Anyway, today we will be talking about what the hell is wrong with somebody else. And uh, it's a serial killer. I feel like we haven't done a serial killer in a while. No, we haven't. I'm ready. Good. You ever heard of a, a good old guy named Carl? Pansram? I sure have. <laughs> He's a big one. But yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about Carl today. Oh, Carl. Oh, Carl, Let's just get on into him. Carl was born in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, on june twenty eighth eighteen ninety one He had East Prussian immigrant parents. His father unfortunately abandoned the family when Carl was very little. At the age of twelve, Carl committed his first burglary when he stole cake, apples, and a gun from a nearby home.
0: I love the way that you said that it was like, Oh, good job, Carl. You did your first burglary. That you took your first <laughs> steps.
1: That was his first, not his last. This landed him in the Minnesota State Training School. Uh, not a good time for him. He was beaten, he was raped, he was tortured by the school's staff. He finally was released from the school when he reached his teenage years, and not so shockingly, after, you know his time there, he ran away from home. Carl moved from place to place by hopping train cars. According to investigation discovery, it was during this time that while he was riding one of the trains wagons, that he was gang raped by a group of hobos. He was only 14 years old when this happened. Jeez. Yeah, it was really bad. Traumatizing. Yes, this incident forever changed him. He later said that it left him a sadder, sicker, but wiser boy. Meanwhile, he continued to hop train cars. He was burning down buildings. He was robbing innocent people that he'd just like encounter on his way. And uh, his stealing got him in trouble again in 1908 he was convicted and sent to the United States disciplinary barracks of Fort Leavenworth in Kansas. When Carl was questioned about his time in this specific correctional facility, he said, I was a pretty rotten egg before I went there, but when I left there, all the good that may have been in me had been kicked and beaten out of me. So he's saying that, yeah, not a good time there either. Once he was released, Carl progressively became a more violent criminal. Instead of just stealing things from people, he decided to start assaulting and raping many of his robbery victims as well. He was caught because, well, he always is caught. And he was sentenced on a variety of crimes, especially stealing. Uh, He's just really not good at stealing. He's not a good thief. It's pretty much the reason he's always in jail. And then, not shockingly, in 1915, he was sentenced to seven years in Oregon State Penitentiary for stealing, again. Uh, So, not going well for him and his thievery. So, Oregon State Penitentiary was, again, really, really rough for Carl. According to True TV, the guards took an immediate dislike to him due to... Basically him refusing to cooperate with any authorities, anybody higher than him. So they made his life a living hell. They beat him. They hung him from the rafters. And they placed him in solitary confinement. Uh, Fun fact, while he was in solitary confinement, he pretty much only ate cockroaches. So there you go. Uh, Super appetizing for your morning. uh, cockroaches it's what's for breakfast
0: did not need to picture that oh I hate when I feel bad for them Like you
1: know the weird part was when I was like first reading about him I uh, was reading all this and I just I don't know because I knew he was considered to be like one of the America's most sadistic killers I was reading all this and I just was like oh, mm, sad not really
0: yeah but like what if he wouldn't have been. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't sit here and say he didn't do it to himself because like, yeah, you stole you did the crime, you do the time. But then it's <laughs> like, oh, the gang rape and the torture. like oh.
1: That I do feel bad about because, I mean, he's already not putting himself in a great situation in life because of all the stealing and stuff. But I'm not sure he would have escalated into what he did uh, become if those things didn't happen to him.
0: Right. right. Um,
1: But I feel like that's, you know, that's the whole problem here. During his first year of imprisonment at Oregon State Penitentiary, Carl helped one of the inmates named Otto Hooker, that's a real name, escape from the facility uh, while Hooker was on the run. Uh, He killed the penitentiary's warden which made Carl an accessory to murder, and this was his first known involvement in any kind of murder. He decided not to stick around the penitentiary either. In 1917, he escaped, but he was caught and returned to prison. Uh, But he didn't learn his lesson the first time, and he decided to escape again in 1918. And just a couple of years later, he made his way to the east coast and that's where things got really really bad in 1920 carl stole enough money to buy a yacht oh what (laughs) yeah he robbed former president william howard taft (laughs) (laughs)
0: literally you could be making this up and like i'm not (laughs) that is absurd i'm not
1: Uh, He named the boat Akiska, and that (laughs) same year, he just began luring American soldiers from New York onto his yacht, and he would rape them, kill them, and dump their bodies in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, He later claimed that he murdered 10 men this way. I'm sure you're not shocked to hear this, but the Akiska yacht eventually sank, Because, you know, that's what we would suspect from good old Carl. And that's when he decided to head toward Africa. He stowed away on a ship and got off in Angola, where he raped and killed a young boy pretty much right away. According to psychiatrist Helen Morrison's book, My Life Among the Serial Killers, Carl later wrote, quote, His brains were coming out of his ears when I left him, and he will never be any deader. So that kind of gives you a glimpse into how just like incredibly fucked up this guy is.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I was already getting that from all the other things that he did, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So that's not even like the most shocking quote that I'm going to tell you about, but that's one of them. So Carl was not satisfied with just one murder in Angola. He wanted more. A few days later, he killed six local guides. They were about to take him on a crocodile hunting expedition. Um, after he killed them, he decided to feed their bodies to the crocodiles. About a year later, Carl didn't really want to live in Africa anymore and decided to move on. He moved to Lisbon, uh, but it turned out that the police were pretty much looking for him everywhere, especially around like Portugal, that area, Uh, Because, yeah, he murdered seven people in Africa, so why wouldn't they be looking for him? Uh, He felt really trapped and kind of freaked out, so he fled back to America. Being in America didn't really change anything for Carl. He continued to rape and kill men and boys. He was strong enough that he could overpower most of his victims. He was six feet tall, covered in tattoos, had these like crazy gray eyes, apparently, so... He was quite a frightening and skilled killer at this point, uh, but still an incredibly terrible thief. In 1928, he once again was arrested for robbery and sent to Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary. That wasn't the only crime that he would be punished for while he was there. He decided to confess to killing two young boys, so then he got his sentence changed to 25 years in prison. Carl obviously hated prisons for very
0: good, good reason. He he had very good reason to hate prisons. Maybe he should stop doing (laughs) things that ultimately land you in prison. I don't know.
1: That would be ideal, but I just don't think that's in his repertoire at this time. I think he's just going to continue to be in prisons. I mean, I, I don't think like... People who go to prison like love prison, but he does have good reason to hate them. He just can't stay away from them. (laughs) Uh, He especially hated the Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary. So he attempted to escape. Again, he wasn't successful. The guards caught Carl and beat him unconscious. A year later, Carl killed the laundry foreman by beating him to death with an iron bar. Uh, it was for this crime that Carl was finally sentenced to death. The death sentence was almost a dream come true for Carl. He once said, quote, I look forward to a seat in the electric chair or dance at the end of a rope, just like some folks do for their wedding night. So he was so excited to be put to death that he's <laughs> comparing it to how happy people are on their wedding day. That's weird. Uh, So some human rights activists tried to interfere on his behalf and stop the execution. And Carl was pissed. He publicly wished that he could kill all of them because he wanted to be sentenced to death and he didn't want anybody getting in the way of that. Weirdly enough, Carl managed to make a friend while he was on death row. There was a guard named Henry Lesser Uh, He kind of felt sorry for him, gave him a dollar one time to buy some cigarettes, and soon after that, the two became friends. Lesser then began slipping Carl some writing materials, encouraging him to write his life story before he died. And that's what Carl did. Did just that. Uh, He wrote every nasty detail of his murders down and... The guard, Henry Lesser, eventually published the writings that Carl wrote in a book called Pans Ram, A Journal of Murder, in 1970. This book is still out. You can get it on Amazon. It's the first thing that comes up, Pans Ram, A Journal of Murder. Uh, But this one says that it's by Thomas E. Gaitis. I don't know, $24. The other one
0: maybe it's like a ghostwriter.
1: I don't know, because there's another one called Pans Ram Butchering Humanity. And it says by Mr. Carl Pansram and then somebody mm-hmm. else. And then there's another one called the Pans Ram Papers. And that one also says that it Carl Pansram had something to do with it. it
0: something to, to do know. with it.
1: So just read whatever you want, guys. Apparently, the one that he wrote was, like, extremely graphic, and most people were, like, too grossed out to read it because it was, like, that much. Carl Panzram was hanged on September 5th, 1930. He was 39 years old at the time of his death, and the only person that was there to see him go was uh, his little friend, Henry Lesser. So I don't think anybody really cared much about him. (laughs) uh pans last words before being hanged were hurry it up you hosier bastard i could kill (laughs) i could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around oh my yeah no so not only was he just rude as hell he wanted to die so badly that he just wanted it over with as soon as possible um yeah he's bad Carl Panzram is now referred to by a lot of people as the most sadistic American serial killer. Before his death, he confessed to 21 killings and more than a 1,000 male rapes. Horrid. Yeah, I know. He said, quote, I am not the least bit sorry. I hate the whole damn human race. So... If he wouldn't have been put to death, there's no doubt in my mind that he would have just continued to kill as many people as he possibly could. So I know that the death penalty is a little bit scary for a lot of people. It's a very controversial topic, but uh for somebody who continued to try to break out of jail and kill guards and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure that they just didn't know if there was really another option for Carl Pan's ramp in that time. Psychiatrist Carl Menninger, who once took a keen interest in Carl, blamed his hostility on his treatment at the reform school. Uh, As we talked about, at an early age, he was beaten, raped, all that kind of stuff. Menninger wrote that, quote, The injustices perpetrated upon a child arose in him unendurable reactions of retaliation, which the child must repress and postpone, but which sooner or later come out in some form or another. That the wages of sin is death; the murder breeds suicide, and that to kill is to only to be killed. I also found from the website Theravive. It's an examination of psychology of serial killers. It was a paper on kind of the nature versus nurture approach in multiple different serial killers, such as the son of Sam, Nanny Doss, and our good old Carl Panzram. They said, Carl Panzram is quite possibly the hardest to study. This man was, as history tells us, as close to inhumane as one can get. His crimes began at the age of eight and carried on throughout his entire life. Nothing was off limits for this killer. He raped, he burned, he brutally beat men, women, children. Um, because of these heinous crimes, he was dubbed by the world too evil to live. He even agreed with the statement himself being quoted saying, quote, I was so full of hate that There was no room in me for such feelings of love, pity, kindness, or honor, or decency. He said, my only regret is that I wasn't born dead or not at all. So they argue that what caused a human being to not only harm others in such horrible ways, but also to hate themselves with such a burning passion. They were trying to see, was it nature? Was it nurture? Uh, With Carl, they said it was clearly a mixture of the two. From his own accounts, Carl was born bad. He had always known that he would be a monster. Once he was put in boarding school and the abuse and torture began, those genetic traits that he had within him further triggered. No matter how much his mother tried to love him, Carl would always have been a killer between his nature or propensity to violence and his nurture, the abuse he suffered at the boarding school, Carl kind of like had his fate sealed for him.
0: So yeah, that was Carl Pansram. It definitely was. I knew the second that you said his father left him, I was like, well, here we go. Here (laughs) we go. And the cycle
1: continues. Yeah, they basically blame it on, obviously, Carl blames himself. Like he he said, I am not a good person. I was born a monster. I've had all these things inside me this whole time. And then, I mean, me and you said it at the beginning, right when he went to that boarding school and all those terrible things happened to him there that it was game over for him. He was traumatized and he just festered and festered and festered, and that's how he just started killing people all the time.
0: I feel like I never realized, like, what time period this was in either. Like, this was so much earlier than I thought it was.
1: Yeah, it was really I feel rude. like maybe
0: that's why, like, for as sadistic as he was, like, I feel like you don't hear about him as often as, like, the Ted Bundy and the, you know, the typical one. So,
1: I don't know. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. This
1: was like 50 years before Ted Bundy and all yeah. that. So he's like one of the earliest serial killers in that sense. Um, but yeah, I honestly had heard his name before, but didn't really know much about him until I was reading that book that Eli got me for Christmas about serial killers, um, which made me think to do this case. Cause I'm sure if you're big into true crime, you've heard of him. Um, maybe in psychology classes in school, you've heard of him, but, um, I just don't think he's as well-known or talked about as some of the others. So I like to do some guys that are out of the box in that sense. love it. I love
0: it. I mean, I don't love it, but you know, you know <laughs> what I mean? I get it. None of us love it. Do no. we? We, we just have to talk about it
1: though. Right, we it's a necessary evil. But yeah, that's all I've got on
0: Mr. Carl. I don't know, should we should we get back into like serial killers? Like should I should I have a serial killer episode for you guys next week? Well, the one I want you to do, you have to do. I know, I know. I'm I will do it. I'm not going to do it now, but I'll do it. I don't know. I was looking into some things recently and I was like I was like, "What? What are serial killers doing now? Like, I feel where, oh, where know? are they now? <laughs> <laughs> like, a, no, like, uh, I feel like you don't hear about them as often. Yeah. So I guess like, so. Hmm. hmm. Who are the serial killers of today?
1: Of today, yeah. There was that one that was in Seminole Heights in Tampa
0: for where, a while. Yeah, yes, that was weird. The last I heard was he was going on trial, like, August of 2020, and then I don't remember Seminole, Semioni, Seminole, hate serial killer. Let's see, guys. Let's just see. Um, as of June 30th, 2022, the murder victim's parents were banned from testifying at the trial. Why? <laughs> um... It's rare for the parent of a murder victim to be prevented from testifying at trial. This is a story from Fox, so who knows? But <laughs> I don't know. But for those of you who lived in Tampa, if you remember the fall of 2017, um, there were some deaths in Seminole Heights. People were getting shot at like bus stops and just like around the street. There were four total victims, and they connected it. To a man named um, Howell Trey Donaldson, he is the suspect. Um, he was arrested, and um, I don't know why it's taking so long for them to get on with like the trial. But yeah, that's that's where we are. There, there's a there's a story from twenty twenty two. It says accused Seminole Heights killer fights for his life in court, like. Oh, they mean, like, throwing out the death penalty. I was thinking, like, the figure of speech. Like, I'm fighting for my (laughs) life in this group chat. (laughs) I was like, what is he going through? (laughs) Oh, my God. That was good. Um, Yeah, so they're still figuring out like the ins and outs for the trial, um, like approving what evidence can be used, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't really know the timeline, but we can get some updates for you guys in the next few episodes because I know we do have a lot of listeners from Tampa that might be interested in that. Um, If you guys forgot about it, I know I forgot about that case, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm down with that. Also, don't forget to continue to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the good ones. It's just at Crime on Caffeine. We're most up to date on, obviously, Instagram because that's where we just like post everything. Um, but our YouTube is slowly but surely coming along. And then, yeah, every Wednesday, new
0: episodes on all streaming platforms. And thank you guys so much for your endless support. We appreciate it. We appreciate the messages we've been getting. We've been getting a lot of coffee recommendations on our Instagram, so that is awesome. And I feel like a lot of people have been recommending, like, the same brand, too, which is always fun to see um, that you guys like some of the same brands that we like. So we're excited to try those coming up. They're um, definitely, like, more fall brands, flavors I feel like we've been getting. So, well, I'm over summer started. at this point. So,
1: I will start fall immediately if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, no. I'm okay with starting it. <laughs> August 16th. <laughs> okay, we're <with> starting fall. <laughs> All right. Fall has officially begun, guys. It's here. <laughs> no, it's literally
1: like 95, 98, 90. It's 100 degrees here in Florida. I can't stand it. But yeah, I'm going to stay my ass inside so it's not too hot and it could be fall in my house. Um but yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will catch you on the next one.